Welcome to Campus Ministry Connection. I'm your host, Tom Pryor. Campus ministries across the country are having to change the way they do outreach to students, obviously because of the COVID pandemic. One of the ways we're doing that is through virtual meetings, often through social media. That's how students who are isolated now can feel connected with each other. A lot of good flows from that. However, there are some dangers to social media, a danger I had never even thought of before meeting my hope, my guests here today. It's Ed and Mary Turnan. They're the founders of Song for Charlie, a nonprofit that is raising awareness about the dangers of counterfeit prescription pills. And that's what I want to focus on today because these pills are marketed as a common legitimate prescription medication, yet in reality, it's a synthetic opioid. It, it is a fentapil, as they're called, and they're often advertised to young people ages 14 to 24. It was estimated last year in 2020 that 10,000 Americans were poisoned and killed because of these pills. One of those Americans, of course, being the son, um, Charlie, of, of Ed and Mary Turnan. I want to introduce you now and say my prayers have been with you ever since I've, I found out about this story. Obviously, our condolences to your entire family. And I want to give you the opportunity to share some of Charlie's story. We're here to raise awareness about these dangers that are found on college campuses. And uh, I'd like to give the opportunity to share about your son. Well, Charlie was just a normal guy. Um, he had uh, he went back up to, to college to finish his senior year. He was home with us for a couple months and um, went due to COVID and he went up to you know, spent his last three weeks of his senior year. And, um, you know, he just, uh, one thing that we didn't know was that um, he had ordered when we heard, uh, I'm going to back, can I stop? <laughs> yeah, take your time. <laughs> so um, again, Charlie was just a normal guy. Um, he was a great kid, had three weeks from graduating from college. And um, when we got the call that um, he had died on May 14th, 2020, um, he uh, was something about pills. And how could a 6'2", 230-pound guy uh, die from pills? So further, we heard about the, what everything that happened. And um, we found out that the, the sheriffs were saying that it was probably fentanyl. Um, fentanyl poisoning um, and we didn't know what the heck we were just so confused we didn't even know what fentanyl was and uh, it just was the most horrific experience of our life that night and we just want to share you know Charlie's story with others so that other kids on campuses aren't fooled and uh, buy you know, counterfeit pills online yeah Tom, Charlie is um, part of an emerging category of victim of this fentanyl epidemic that is um, not uh, addicted to drugs, not dependent on drugs, doesn't necessarily have substance use, to, substance use disorder, but is more of a, a recreational user of drugs or self-medicator. And especially during COVID, I think there's a lot of that going on. So Charlie, you know, went online to get a Percocet. His back was hurting after driving for six or seven hours from our home 
where he'd been quarantined back to campus where he was uh, gonna spend the last few weeks with his friends of his senior year. And uh, he went online and got what he thought was a Percocet. And it turned out to be what we now call a fentapil, uh, which is a counterfeit prescription medication that's made of this really powerful opioid called fentanyl. And as Mary described, parents in our situation have what we now call the WTF moment. What's this fentanyl? Uh, we had never heard of this before. And we also identified kind of an information gap in that police officers and EMTs and ER docs, they know people are dying from fentanyl poisoning in increasing numbers, but we don't think that the kids understand the risk. They still kind of trust their friends on social media. And they, they think that if they kind of go on the street or online to get what they think is a legit prescription med, that it's safe. And it used to be, but they're all fake now. They're all these counterfeit pills now. So the, the risk is really increased. And, and that's what we want to do is warn kids about that. The point you bring up too is that a lot of this marketing is done online through social media. You're trusting people, yet you're not really maybe meeting them face-to-face -face until you receive a pill or you think you're getting, like you said, something that is actually beneficial to you, yet it's a complete fake. How would you kind of tell other college students who might be on campuses now, what should they look out for? How can they identify what's a good prescription medication versus what's not? Because awareness is obviously number one um, for these college students. Right. And the situation now is that for economic reasons, these fake prescription pills have really pushed the legitimate counterfeit pills that may have been floating around on the black market. They've really pushed them out. Um, fentanyl is so cheap and so profitable for the drug dealers and drug trafficking organizations that the US market has just been flooded with them. So what we tell people is you have to assume if you go online to get a prescription med, you have to assume these days these days that it's fake. Um, now, nothing good happens if you get one of these pills. There's no quality control. So at the very least, you're getting ripped off. I mean, often people will buy what they think is a Xanax and there's no active ingredient in it. They didn't get the fentanyl in that particular pill. On the other hand, just a couple grains of sand is all it takes of fentanyl to be lethal. So there's these pills are floating around all over the place. Not all of them are deadly, but a good percentage of them are. The assumption going in has to be that if you don't get it from your doctor, you have to assume it's fake. What would you say to campus ministers such as myself um, throughout the country who are having relationships with a lot of these students? We're trying to grow them, obviously, in their spiritual life as well, but we're focused on the whole being, the, the well-being of these students. Yet this is something before I met you, I didn't know anything about. Um, how can we as, as campus ministers, people who are involved in the lives of these young people, what can we do to, to maybe express some of this concern or some of the danger? How can we make sure that we do the best we can um, to prevent this danger from happening? Well, I think that they have to have a place that they could trust. And um, just by talking with staff and faculty, um, and, and with peers, I mean, peer-to-peer -peer is also a very, very important aspect to this um, because it's, sometimes it's hard for these kids to 
you know, talk to adults and, and nobody wants to feel embarrassed or feel that they can't, you know, be honest um, if they've explored before. But the bottom line is just that they know that that you're there for them and they just can't, they can't dabble with any kind of drugs online. And, and the most important thing is that they take care of their, their minds and bodies and souls and, you know, go for a run, be, use really healthy habits um, in really taking care of themselves. Yeah, Tom, I think that people in your position, first and foremost, you need to be up to date on the most recent information about what's going on uh, in, in the world of drugs. The landscape has really shifted. Uh, synthetic drugs in general are replacing plant-based drugs overall. And fentanyl is just the first uh, of, of these powerful synthetics that are kind of in the pipeline. So um, you all are in the business of people coming to you with their, their very personal feelings and their problems. And they turn to you all when they're having challenges. Um, and so what we're all about ties right in with what you guys are all about. It's really in, encouraging kids to educate themselves, um, to learn about what's going on in the drug world and really find healthier alternatives, you know, uh, for, for relieving stress and kind of changing their brain chemistry. You do this through prayer and meditation and yoga and healthy diet and these th all these things that your mom and grandma told you you should be doing and you didn't listen. Well, they're more important than ever. Uh, we, when I speak to young people, I, I, it's very important that I acknowledge their stress and their anxiety, uh, that I honor that. I truly believe that you can make the argument that kids today or students today who are in high school and college might just be the most stressed out generation ever. And you might get the uphill to school both ways and the snow story from your grandparents, but I don't think our brains evolved to handle the 24 seven, 365 flood of data that's coming at young people today. And so what I tell them is your stress is legit. These pills on the street are not. And so you cannot, you've got to take these kind of random pills off your playlist as a solution for your stress. You've got to look at more natural, holistic alternatives. Obviously, as campus ministers, that's something all of you who are listening can help to provide. But I, I certainly agree with the both of you. Becoming more aware of it will help to maybe alleviate um, some of that danger on campuses. I want to ask you, what led to you kind of starting Song for Charlie and telling yourself, we want other people to know about this and to raise awareness. When did you get to that point during this this sad, tragic journey over the past year? Well, I think it was, you know, we thought either we could do some good or we could not. And um, I think it was just important so that other parents don't have to go through what we're going through. You know, the worst thing that could ever happen to a parent is the loss of their child, um, especially under these kind of circumstances where, you know, it's really fraud and, and murder. Um, and um, we just wanted to be able to you know, make the best of the situation and get the information out. And, and we also think that um, this problem is moving very quickly. 
And I often use the analogy of the wildfires. You know, we're in the Western US and we've, we've had experiences recently with wildfires here. And it's as though the, the authorities, the fire department, for instance, is saying to the town, the fire is between us and your town. We cannot get to you in time. You have to save yourselves. And that's the message that we want to bring to the young people is sooner or later, society and the authorities will figure out this fentanyl epidemic and this fake pill problem. Laws will change. Uh, things will tighten up, but that's going to take some time. Education moves faster than legislation. In the meantime, we think that students and everyone on campuses needs to own the solution to this problem and tell everyone they know fentapils are everywhere, they're deadly, and you have got to take random pills off the menu. You can't turn there. So we thought we could make an immediate impact in the short term, right? While others focus on kind of advocacy and stuff like that, we thought awareness and education is where, where we can go. Because we think if, if young people understand that they're, that they're being duped, that they're being ripped off, that these pills are not real, we don't think they'll want them. Right. I mean, they're not nobody goes online and says, may I have some fentanyl, please. They're, they're looking for a Xanax or a Percocet and oftentimes thinking they're doing something pretty safe. They're not taking a street drug. I'm going to take a prescription pill to help me sleep instead of something more dangerous. But they're fake. So if we can get that word out, we think we can have a, a, a near term impact. Students, too, it seems, are being targeted for this. Uh, you mentioned at the very beginning that uh, the kind of the target audience for essentially the drug dealers selling these pills are people who maybe haven't haven't ordered a prescription pill before. They're, they're young people. They're, they don't know a whole lot about the process and therefore they're easily duped or, or maybe become, they'll become addicted and, and enjoy the pill enough to, to keep going back to this drug dealer. How can we as campus ministry professionals um, help our students to understand that Getting anything off of that market is, is you know, if you, you sent some notes ahead of this meeting, it said, if you're not getting it from a medical professional, you should not be taking it. Is it that standard to say, do not buy anything that is not prescribed to you from a professional? Yes. Yes, I, I think it's really gotten that bad. And, um, you know, part of the education that we want to do, we think part of the problem is this uh, kind of, sense of trust that young people have that I wouldn't be connected to this person on Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or anything like that if it wasn't kind of like a friend of my friend. Um, and you know that's that's just not true. And um, and so kids need to be aware that even if their friend, we know stories of of people who athletes who get injured and their buddy gives them what they think is an oxygen. Uh, for his pain, and the guy doesn't wake up the next morning. Uh, tragic stories uh, like that. Um, and it just is that, as a, a friend of ours said, who's in, kind of in the uh, drug business here, um, he's an author who's written a, a couple of books on, on the subject. He's a real expert. He says, essentially, the bad guys have ruined recreational drug taking for this generation. Um, in the pursuit of profits, they've just turned to these deadly synthetics. Um, so these people online, they're not your friend. Um, and they don't necessarily know what's in the baggie that they're selling you these pills from. They've been lied to and told that, that they're okay. 
but they're not okay. So, um, you know, social media is the wild west now in terms of these drugs. You just can't trust anybody who says, my pills are safe, or I got them from this guy, they're, they're legit, because they're just not. The market's been flooded with the fake ones. Let's keep on the topic of social media. Uh, I mentioned from the very top that campus ministries were turning to social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the means that maybe we hadn't been on before, but now we're doing it for the first time. So some of us as campus ministry professionals, we're new to social media too, and we're not sure exactly who to trust, who not to trust. What advice would you give to college students who are using these platforms and they're introduced to maybe people they, they aren't sure of, or perhaps they, they go to a site that they think is authentic, uh, maybe double verifying it, seeing if other people have communicated with it. How can someone who isn't really uh, keen to social media be aware that this is happening? I would say this, that um, this generation is on social media. That's where they do their social interaction. They arrange their, their parties and their interactions and they do all of their kind of social commerce on these platforms. Well, the bad guys are smart enough to figure out that that's where they are. And so they're just taking advantage of this, this modern technology to target their, the market that they want to go after. So um, young people on social media have to almost be like they're, they're walking down a street at night. You kind of have to have your head on a swivel. And if anything doesn't look right or doesn't look legit, there's a very good chance it's not. And there are people out on these platforms who will deceive and lie and, uh, you know, kind of try to bait you um, and, or reassure you that they're your friend um, and they're not. And, and we've spoken to, you know, we've, we've reached out to some social media platforms and, and we've reviewed some of the the trust and safety guidelines that they have. And, and one of the things that's common is don't randomly friend people or accept requests from people you don't know. That's, that's a very important one, right? If it's not your friend, if it's not somebody in your friend group or a relative or someone you already know in the real world, don't just friend them online. Advice I'd give to some of the campus ministers listening is to host an event, uh, whether it's virtual, in-person, to share some of the dangers that we've talked about for the past 15, 20 minutes. It was certainly new to me. It's shocking. I already think how many students at Millican University on which I'm a campus minister have been kind of, have taken pills such as this or have, have know that these pills are out there and they don't know the consequences of it. And I think, wow, of, of all the students who are coming to mass, part of our ministry, how many of them know about this and I don't know about it. And I think that's the challenge for campus ministers. We want to connect with our audience. I, I'm a pretty young campus minister, um, but some of you may be far removed from your college days. And what the students know are things that I have to know as a campus minister. So for all of you listening, challenge yourself to try to think a little differently about what are young people doing? What are the virtual platforms they're on right now? What are some of the dangers of that? Because this took me by surprise, and I certainly hope um, that you'll go out and, and just explain to your students there are dangers. You have to be aware of them. And something to make clear, too, these aren't pills um, that are like laced. They're not good pills that just a little fentanyl is included. These are entirely fake. If you take it, you will not get any beneficial kind of thing from it. So 
Do not take it. Do not be tempted to take it. That's absolutely right. It's a very important uh, distinction that, that we make all the time. We, we'd like to get fentapil, the word fentapil, into the lingo. And we think it just captures very quickly a counterfeit prescription pill made of fentanyl. Um, and we also want to stop using the word laced because it does, it implies just what you talked about, that it's a legitimate medication that's been adulterated. That's not what happens. The only active ingredient in these pills is the fentanyl. And boy, that stuff is so sensitive to use and get the dosage right that it, in legitimate manufacturing of pharmaceutical grade in fentanyl in the United States, which is used for very, very specific medical purposes under a close doctor's supervision. And man, the standards for that manufacturing is clean rooms, hygiene, quality control. The street fentanyl that ends up in these pills is made in 55 gallon drums in the jungles of Mexico and stirred up there. So it, it, this, there is no quality control at all with this stuff. Uh, it's very dangerous. Um, so yes, getting the word out and warning these, these kids and, and as campus ministers understanding the problem uh, is, is super important. For students listening too, I encourage you to go to your campus ministry staff and explain what's going on. And, and maybe they're not aware of it, just as I wasn't until a few days ago. Tell them to lead an event, or perhaps you can volunteer to help lead an event. Um, if you're a student, don't wait for the staff to know about this, because it may take, like Adam Mary, you're saying, too long. It may wait for legislation to happen before the education does, and that's not what we want to accomplish. Make sure your staff knows about this and do as much as you can, especially if you're on exec board for your ministry to host an event, to talk about this at your next meeting and do so very quickly. Because as, as we know with Charlie, it can be something so quick. Um, it doesn't take a long time. This is something that happens overnight. And as soon as you talk about it as a campus ministry, uh, as soon as the students will, will be aware that this is happening. Edmure, I want to obviously thank you for being with us today and, and sharing about your son, Charlie. I know it must be very difficult to do. Um, please, for all of you listening, keep this family in your prayers, keep Charlie in your prayers as you move forward. And again, think about some of the ways we can alleviate this stress, this isolation that students are feeling. What are some holistic things we can do as a campus ministry that might replace this need for synthetic pills or, or just students wanting to try something different? I encourage you to do that as a campus ministry. Ed and Mary, I want to thank you, but also give you the final word. Is there anything else you'd like to address before I let you go? Well, thank you for your time. Um, we just want to make sure that, that people are aware of this terrible epidemic that's going on and, and killing our kids. And it's all about the awareness. Please, please just be aware. Don't take anything for granted. Um, just don't get fooled. Um, just keep your, keep your heads on and, and just really do what you need to do in taking care of yourself. And I'd like to say that uh, to the students, uh, this is a stressful time and your stress is real um, and you need to deal with it. Stress, it's, and it's also not going to go away uh, because of the information, information age in which you live. Uh, as a result, learning to deal with your stress and anxiety is no longer kind of a nice to have thing. It's actually a survival skill. 
And so you need to develop long-term uh, means and methods to deal with anxiety and stress that are sustainable in the long-term. We've created a pill culture, uh, this quick fix mindset that there's a pill for every ill. And uh, that needs to change in the age of synthetics like fentanyl. So we need to get back to uh, more sustainable um, means of coping with stress. So um, let's take the shame out of it. Talk to one another about how you're really feeling. Talk to your campus ministers, talk to your parents, develop a relationship, an open relationship with your doctor is important. If you need prescription meds, there's no problem with that. Go through your doctor. Um, so openness, working together, own this problem, uh, share your stress and support each other. Uh, these are the things that we're trying to promote at, at Song for Charlie. And we appreciate you guys helping us get the word out because um, it, you all are really in a position to reach a lot of students very quickly. And that's what's going to save lives. I promise the both of you, my students will know about it first thing tomorrow morning. Um, it's, e it's easy too. You don't have to host events. Just it's an easy email. It's talking to your exec board. Word travels quickly. So get the word out as soon as possible. Again, thank you, Ed and Mary Ternan. For any students, campus ministers who want to know more information, uh, just go online, Song for Charlie. And there are many other uh, websites. There are, are books being written. This information has to get out. Uh, the sooner, the better. And all of you campus ministry professionals need to know about it too. So thank you, Ed and Mary, for joining us. Again, our condolences and prayers to you and your entire family. Uh, again, I'm your host, Tom Pryor on Campus Ministry Connection. Be safe out there, everyone. <laughs>